Welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am your host, Meg Durham, wellbeing speaker, educator, and coach. Together, we're going to explore lessons to help us live well. Before we jump into today's incredible conversation, I'd like to tell you about Energy by Design. Energy by Design is my game-changing wellbeing program for educators. It's a space to connect, share, laugh, and learn with others that understand the demands of school life. In this 10-week program, I share wellbeing skills and strategies that have helped countless educators to feel good, function well, and reignite their passion for teaching. The program includes access to an exclusive conversation series with wellbeing experts and educators and weekly videos, handouts, and group coaching call. The group coaching call will be Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. If you're ready to experience more energy, clarity, and confidence in your life, Energy by Design is for you. Join the waitlist now and be the first to know when enrollments open. On with today's show. In this solo episode, we're going to be diving deep into the stresses of modern life and why it's so hard to stop, to think, to take notice of what really matters. How do we move from a sense of chaos to clarity? In this conversation, we will explore the impact modern life is having on our ability to think, why it's so hard to slow down and take notice, practical ways to create more space for reflection and so much more. I hope you enjoy this solo episode. So let's jump into this topic. How can we stop the noise of daily life and bring our attention back to what matters most? The pace and intensity of modern life can make it really difficult for us to slow down and notice, to notice the way that we're feeling, to notice the way that we're functioning and to notice the way that we are relating to others. A really predictable and normal stress response is that we put the blinkers on, that we become hyper-focused on what we need to get done. We become so focused on our to-do list that we forget about our to-be list, who we are being while we're doing all the things. And while we're working so hard and moving from one task to the next, what is the cost? What is the cost of always being in action and not taking time to stop, to breathe, to notice? The analogy that I love to share is imagine you are reading a book. However, this book does not have any punctuation. There is no capital letters. There is no full stops. There is no new paragraphs and there is no chapters. In this book, all you see is words. So how does it feel to read a book that only has words without any punctuation? I'm guessing it would feel chaotic, overwhelming, confused. Where is the start? Where is the end? And just lacks a lot of clarity. However, imagine when you read a book that has punctuation, that has clear full stops, paragraphs, chapters. It's much easier It makes sense. There is clarity in the narrative. And so I'd like you to think about it. When it comes to your life, are you running around with no time to think, no punctuation, or are you creating opportunities to have more punctuation in your day? Because a lot of the people that I work with, they're racing around without any time to think, without 
any time for those full stops. And by the end, they're starting to notice that as we create more opportunities to stop, to notice, we experience much more clarity. So the chaos of modern life can be tamed with noticing, with micro moments of pause to recalibrate and just check in with how we're going and where are we going. The behaviors that we're displaying today, where are they leading us? Where are you racing to? Are you on a race to nowhere? Are you on a race to burnout? Or are you working towards a life that brings you joy, that allows you time to be in connection with self and others? And this is a topic that I'm really curious about because for me, I have struggled to slow down. It has taken years and years of practice to create opportunities to stop. And I still notice myself getting busy and getting caught up in this relentless nature of life. And it takes so much energy and practice to come back to what's important, to come back to what matters. Because this all relates to our well-being. Because the way that we feel impacts the way that we function. And the way that we function impacts our relationships So if we're feeling really stressed, really overwhelmed, like there's not enough hours in the day, that impacts the way that we function. Everything becomes important and necessary and has to be done then. And then our relationships, other people feel like friction. They're getting in the way of us getting what we need to get done. So relationships become really hard when we're already feeling stressed because other people can become quite irritating and annoying because they're in the way of the way that we function. And that is a sign for me that I need to slow down. If I'm starting to get irritated with the people in my life that mean the most to me, my husband, my children, my family, that's a sign that I'm prioritizing my to-do list over my relationships. And the reverse is true. When we're feeling really good, when we've charged our batteries, we're functioning pretty well. We can have difficult conversations. We can lean into discomfort because we've got the energy to do it. We can make decisions, we're thinking clearly, we're powerful, that we've got autonomy, that we're capable. And this is a great feeling. And when we're functioning like this, relationships become so much easier because we've got something to give. We are able to be present. We're able to be with our loved ones. We're able to be with our colleagues that are struggling because we've got the capacity, because we've got the bandwidth. So can you see how the way that we feel impacts the way that we function and that impacts the way we relate to others? So coming back to this book analogy, we need to slow down so we can notice all of these connections and how they play out in our life. So take a moment now to think about What pace are you currently going at? What is your speed? What is your intensity? And how is that working for you? Is there an opportunity for you to start to slow down, to start to do things differently, to start to notice more in your life, to bring more attention to our lives? So why is it so hard for us to slow down? It is so hard to slow down because the world feels like it's constantly speeding up. So how can we slow down in a world that is constantly speeding up? There is always more to do. There is a podcast to listen to. There is a show to watch, an email to respond to, someone that needs something somewhere. There is always more. 
And so why is it so tricky? Why is it so hard to slow down or change direction? It comes back to physics, the law of inertia. If a body is at rest or moving, it will remain at rest or keep moving unless it's acted upon by a different force. If we're asleep, enjoying our rest, we don't want to get out of bed. If we're on the couch enjoying the show, we don't want to go to bed because we're in that state. However, the same is true. When we're racing at work, charging through our to-do list, we don't want to stop. It becomes so intense that we find it really hard to stop. I know myself, stopping at the end of the day is really hard because I want to do more. There is always more to do and giving myself the grace and the space to stop is a learnt skill. It is something that I have to practice daily to get to the point where that will do for today. I know there is more to do and right now I am stopping. That requires a force of energy and conscious awareness to stop ourselves because when we're tired, when we're depleted, it is really hard to stop ourselves if we're at rest or if we're in action. So we know that when we're tired, we're more likely to scroll, to mindlessly scroll. And so it's hard to pull ourselves up because we're tired. However, when we've got a bit of energy, that can be the force that helps us to change direction. So how can we change direction? What strategies and skills can we use to encourage ourselves to stop and to think, to create this awareness so then we can be in a powerful position of taking new action? I really love the work of Ron Heifetz and Marty Linsky in Adaptive Leadership. And they share this beautiful analogy of the balcony and the dance floor. The dance floor is the action of life. That's when you're in the action. That is when you're on the dance floor. There is always more to do. You're looking at somebody. You're thinking, I need to talk to them. I need to talk to them. I need to follow up there. Oh, I actually need to go to the toilet. Oh, I don't have time for that but I need to talk to you and I need to get a drink. And there's always things to do. The dance floor of life. This is when we're reactive in the world. We're doing all the things. Does that sound familiar (laughs) when you're on the dance floor? Okay. There is another way of being. This is when we walk off the dance floor and walk up to the balcony and take a look. What is really going on here? What are some patterns that I'm displaying? What are some predictable things that are keeping me stuck? Where am I avoiding things? Where am I being busy for the sake of being busy? Remembering that being busy doesn't equate to being productive because we get to a certain point that we become so overwhelmed that we just spin our wheels and start to procrastinate. So I encourage you to get off the dance floor of life and walk up to the balcony and have a look. Do you like what you see? And this is what I talk about, the growth cycle. We need to be in action. Action is really important. We want to be taking deliberate action. That is wonderful. We need a bias towards action. However, we also need to balance that out with time for reflection because that's where the growth happens. That's where we can have this adaptive approach Ron Heifetz and Marty Linsky talk about adaptive leadership. I'm really interested in adaptive well-being. We need to be adaptive and responsive to our environments. 
things change daily, weekly, monthly. Something that worked for you last week may not work for you this week. The context may be different. So we need to be able to adapt. And the only way that we can adapt is if we start to create more pockets of respite from the dance. And the only way that we can think deeply is by creating space, the punctuation throughout the day. And so when I'm talking about space, it can be those micro moments. It can be a breath, a check-in with our body. And it can also be journaling, taking some time to journal and to work through that process. And we'll talk more about that later in this episode. But before we get there, I'd really love to explore with you what is the cost if we don't slow down and create opportunities to think and reflect on the way that we're showing up? If we are constantly in action, we risk being in disconnection to ourselves and to others. We become so conditioned to feeling stressed and overwhelmed that we forget how to be present in our lives, how to experience joy and pleasure. Why do we keep going? Why do we keep pushing ourselves when we know deep down that it's not working for us? Partly the reason is we don't know another way. We are so used to working so hard that the idea of slowing down is scary because we have built our identity and a narrative around being the people that get things done. Go back to episode eight where I talk about how do we break this cycle of busy and I share with you the five P's, the five P's that keep us really wired and in action. So if we're in a habit of constantly being on, it comes at a cost. It is really hard to be in relationship with people that are constantly busy tapping their phone, looking at this, looking at that. It's hard to collaborate in a workplace when people are displaying all the P's. To collaborate with a perfectionist is really hard going. I have been there myself on both sides of the scale and it's really challenging. The cost is huge. We cannot keep going at this pace because our health is on the line. Our connections are on the line. And I often wonder, What will it take for us to start to notice the way that we're treating ourselves, the way that we're treating others? And we are in a global pandemic and we're still trying to push towards standards that are unrealistic, that are unattainable. And so when it comes to change, it's often said that it comes through two channels. Change can come through inspiration, that you feel like there has to be something more for me. There has to be a better way than this. I am inspired to do something different. And another way is through desperation, that I am desperate. I cannot keep going the way that I'm going. I cannot keep up this pace. This intensity is chipping away at my sanity and I am desperate to make change. Think about What stage are you in? Are you in that stage where you're really desperate now to do things differently or are you flirting with differences? Because when it comes to change, readiness is so important. We need to have this internal commitment to do something different. A teacher that I've been working with this term has shared with me that the reason why she works with me is because COVID for her, remote learning for her was fantastic. She really enjoyed the freedom of being at home. Her home environment 
was really conducive to learning, was able to exercise, didn't have to worry about the commute to work. And knowing that we'll back into the classroom this year, she said, I really needed help because I don't want to go back to that burnt out place I was before the pandemic because I have recharged during this pandemic and I want to learn a different way. And I found that so interesting because some educators, it was the opposite. When they were in remote learning, that is when they were at their edge and now they're coming back to school, they're feeling tired and a little bit on edge but oh, I can manage it. I can sort of juggle this. And this is a challenge for all of us. The stories that we tell ourselves, we tell ourselves, it's okay. Everybody else can do it. Just keep going. Just work harder. Just get on top of it. Just keep going, 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 going. And it is not helpful. This story of perfectionism, of producing, of pretending, of performing erodes our sense of self it erodes our health, it erodes our productivity. I'd like you to think about it like a car. If we're always taking fuel and we're not adding in fuel, eventually it will stop. Eventually we all stop and that is the cost. If we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't recharge our battery, if we don't create pockets of respite to think about the way that we're feeling, functioning and relating, eventually we will stop. And that price is so significant because the time that we've got nothing left in the tank, it is really hard to claw our way back. And so this is why it's so important to start to listen to our bodies, to listen to those whispers. Are you getting whispers like, I can't keep going like this? When can I have a break? This is not possible. I can't keep going on like this. Listen to those whispers. That is your body and your mind and your spirit telling you to take notice. So start to take notice. Start to take notice when you get that little feeling of, "Mm, this is not working, or that makes me feel uncomfortable, or that makes me feel really good. Starting to listen to these whispers, because I once heard someone say, the universe is always giving us messages. The messages first are feather, a little tickle, just to say, hey, think about what you're doing. And then if we don't listen to the feather, we don't respond to the feather, then comes the brick, throws a brick to say, come on, your life, You've got to start making better choices. We've got to do things differently. And then if we don't respond to the brick, then we get sent the road train to knock us out. Those moments when the fuel is out, we have physically stopped. We have to stop long enough so we can think clearly and make better decisions. The costs of constantly being in action are significant. They are so significant that it stops us from taking action. But I really want to encourage you to move beyond that fear of stopping and lean into it. As the poet Mary Oliver says, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? As a coach, as an educator, as a speaker, I am here to unlock the potential in you. If you are listening to this podcast, you want to experience something different. There's something here for you. What are some practical strategies that you can bring into your daily life, your busy, stressful, modern life that can help you start to notice and take deliberate action? 
You're listening to the School of Wellbeing podcast with Meg Durham. To learn how I can help you thrive, visit openmindeducation.com. There you will find out about Thrive by Design, my workplace wellbeing program, Energy by Design, my game-changing program for educators, and Impact by Design, helping student leaders have an impact in their school community. As the world is opening up and live events are happening, I am back on stage. If you are looking for a wellbeing speaker that can share information that makes sense with your audience, please reach out. I love to share wellbeing education that makes sense. Now let's get back to today's solo episode. I am going to share with you four practical strategies that will help you notice more, to bring more awareness to the way that you feel, function, and relate. Number one, it always comes back to the battery. When our battery is charged, we're more likely to have the headspace to do this work to reflect on what's working because if we're in survival mode, if we're depleted and running on empty, your brain just doesn't have the capacity to do this work. If you really want to get some clarity in your life, it starts with building up your energy to recharge your battery back to the basics, sleep, move, nourish, rest, connect. And as you're charging your battery, the second strategy is breathing. I know it sounds so simple and yet we don't do it. I would like you to think about breathing as your full stops. So when you finish a task, if it's washing the dishes, take a breath. If you're about to walk into a meeting, take a breath. Once you finish a meeting, take a breath. If you're about to start a class, take a breath. Or even better, take a breath with your students. Invite your students along. Invite your colleagues along. Invite family members along. In between activities, just take a breath. That is your full stop. So how do I do it? How do I breathe? One of the most effective strategies to settle our nervous system is called a physiological sigh. This is work from Dr. Andrew Huberman, a professor at Stanford University, and what it is is two inhales through the nose and one exhale through the mouth. Inhale, inhale, big exhale. Now, you have done this before in your life, and it's called the ugly cry, where you go, (gasps) before you do something, at the end of something, if you want a full stop, have that physiological sight, two inhales, one exhale. And when you do that breath, just notice, where are you? What are you doing? Is this what you need to be doing right now? And just taking that pause can be enough to break that cycle of action because you may realize by taking that deep breath that I don't need to do this now. This can wait. I've got other things that are more important. When our thinking comes back online, we can then tap into our ability to prioritize. The third practical strategy is lights, camera, action. I came up with this as a framework to help students work through problem solving. When we're overwhelmed and busy, we get stuck. We don't know what to do next. And so this is a series of steps that you can work through. When you're feeling really busy, when you're feeling overwhelmed, stop, put the lights on. That's step number one, lights on, take a moment to breathe. Number two is take out your camera and take a photo, take a video of what's happening. Look back, walk up onto that balcony and have a look. What is happening here? 
And then step number three in this action plan is what are you going to do? What action are you going to take? And when we talk about action, if you choose not to do anything, if you choose to play on regardless, that is an action in itself and that has natural consequences. This is a strategy to bring more awareness to our lives. Lights, camera, action. The fourth practical strategy and probably the most important and it's going to help you get the most traction in the way that you think is journaling. Get things out of your head and onto a page. I cannot tell you how powerful this is. Journaling has been a game changer. When I feel overwhelmed, I just write. I write everything that I'm thinking and once it's on the page, it doesn't feel so bad. It feels that's much more workable than when it's in my head. So taking some time to journal. And a lot of people struggle with journaling because the idea of stopping and connecting with those thoughts can be quite foreign because we're not used to it. It's a skill that we need to learn. And so one way that's really helpful when it comes to journaling is using sentence starters. Write the start of the sentence and then you finish it five times, ten times, as many times as you can and that will help you start to get these thoughts happening. Some sentence starters are, I am starting to notice, I feel anxious when, I feel calm when, I am ready to, I am interested in, I am proud of. Start to think of some sentence starters and then finish that sentence as much as you can because as you write down the ends of these sentences, you'll start to see patterns. You'll start to say, oh, that thing really does make me anxious. How can I work with that? Then you use the lights, camera, action to think about your strategy. Okay, I've identified that I'm ready to step up when it comes to my well-being. Okay, what's my action? What is my deliberate action? Because coming back to the very start of this episode, growth is all about the balance of action and reflection. We can't constantly be in action and we can't constantly be in reflecting, thinking about things all the time, flirting with things and not doing anything. So growth is a beautiful dance between awareness and deliberate action. Now that you know what you know, what are you going to do about it? Let's recap on these four strategies that you can start using today to help you notice more in your life, to go from having the lights down to turning the lights on and really noticing what's happening, where you are and making deliberate action to take you where you want to go. Number one, charge your battery back to basics. Number two, breathing. Using breathing as a full stop to finish what you're doing before you start the next task. Number three is lights, camera, action. As you're working with tricky situations, as you notice tension, step back, have a look and then choose what action you're going to take. And number four is to journal. Take some time to get to know your thoughts and the way that you think. And remembering that creating change is difficult. Your brain is going to resist the idea of journaling. It will not want to do it. It does not want you to bring these whispers to the surface because then you're going to act differently and your brain is not interested in your long-term health and happiness. Remember, our brain is wired for survival. 
In order to move through the resistance of change, you need to think back to those five C's. So go back to episode 18, where I talk all about creating change. Often we know what we need to do, and yet we struggle to do it because we have so much resistance to the change process. So the five C's help us move forward. I hope this conversation has really inspired you to really get curious about the way that you're showing up, the way that you're feeling, the way that you're functioning and the way that you relate to others. Because as you start to notice, as you take more deliberate action to care for yourself and to care for the people around you, you will notice an increase in confidence because you will have so much clarity you will not be in reaction to what everybody else wants from you. You will be taking deliberate action. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to stop and take a moment to think about the two following questions. Number one, from this conversation, what is one thing you want to remember? What is your pearl? And number two, what is one action you can take in the next 24 hours to support your well-being? Subscribe to my Thought of the Week newsletter to find out what I'm working on, upcoming events, and everything that I'm currently loving, including books, podcasts, and shows. If you're interested in participating in Energy by Design next term, join the waitlist now and be the first to know when enrollments open. To support the show, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify and share with your family, friends, and colleagues. Thank you for listening to the School of Wellbeing podcast. All the links from this episode will be in the show notes.